Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Once an Athlete podcast hosted by Emily Watson. Once an athlete, always an athlete. Once an athlete's mission is to provide resources and support for current and former athletes. This is also a resource for parents of athletes to help know how to support them. In this podcast with Crystal, we will be discussing how she uses her bilingual skills to give back to her Hispanic community and her work as a sport mental performance coach. All right, I have Crystal Vasquez here. She played softball and volleyball in high school. She is now about to graduate from Adler University in Chicago, Illinois, with two master's degrees in clinical mental health counseling and performance. Crystal is bilingual in English and Spanish. She graduated from the University of Illinois, Chicago, UIC, with her bachelor's degree degrees in psychology and Spanish. That's two degrees. Um, in her free time, she enjoys playing with her six-month-old six golden doodle, Lola, and she loves to play recreational sports, watch sports, and going to the movies. She especially loves football Sundays and Cubs games. But thank you for being on this podcast. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about um, everything that just kind of diving into everything that I just mentioned. So um, especially with your um, psychology background. So how long did you play volleyball and softball for and what was it like? Yeah, so I actually started playing softball um, when I was like five years old. That was the first sport that I ever played and I completely fell in love with it. And I played every year until I was probably 18, 19 after that. Um so softball started very young. Um, volleyball, I started when I was in fifth grade. So I was about what 12 or 13 there. Um, and I played that all the way through high school. So both of my experiences in, in those sports were awesome. I, I felt like since I was such a um, at such a young age when I started playing softball, I've like I had a really um, strong identity of an athlete. Um, there was there was a few other sports here and there that I would try, but it was nothing like my love for these sports and like the competitiveness that came with them. Um, I have a, I had a lot of really great coaches uh, throughout my time playing softball and volleyball, so I appreciate that and it definitely added to my experience. Um, and I was able to have a great great couple of teammates that I've you know still kept in contact with and and made those relationships with and lasting. Um, so that's always awesome and. Yeah, I feel like there is always ups and downs in playing sports, but for for the most part, I would like to say that most of my experience has been positive, and I really enjoyed being able to experience life as an athlete and be a part of sports and all that stuff. Yeah, that's awesome, and especially that you still keep in touch with some of your teammates. That's that's what it's yeah, all about. For sure. What was one of your favorite moments while competing? Um. You know, I think back on a lot of memories that I had, some good, some bad. <laughs> but I, I think that the the love that came from it when I was at like such a young age where it seemed bigger than it actually was. Um, I remember when I was like still, like I said, like in my 12 year old, 12 under or 13 under team, um, you know, we made playoffs and we pushed to the championship and we ended up winning the championship um, game. And we had like, we were just all so happy and we celebrated and, 
it was just I, I don't even remember exactly how the game went but I know that it was a really close game I know um, my parents would always come to the games and watch so it was fun to have them being there and, and supportive and like I said with my other teammates and everything it was just so much fun and remembering how happy we were and how awesome it was to win the championship and to experience that and you know at that age it kind of just felt like the world series even though it wasn't <laughs> um and yeah that's I think that's what I really loved about it most is that you know you could tell that we were just having fun and that it was really fun for us to just be a part of the game that is really cool and not everyone can say that they won like a whole thing like that um, yeah that's true yeah, and no matter what age, it's still really cool because, you know, that's the age where it kind of turns into you see who's actually, like, good in, or not. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a really cool age group to be winning, um, w- winning any type of championship like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's cool. Um, so when we talked before, you told me that you had a hurt shoulder. So how did that contribute to you to retiring competitive softball and volleyball, and does it affect you now? Yeah, so unfortunately, um, my right shoulder, I have a torn tendon in that shoulder now. um, And I realized that kind of moving into my senior year of high school. So I started pitching for softball when I was a freshman in in high school. And I, I did pitch quite a bit throughout that time in high school, which obviously, um, it's, it's a little different doing softball underhand pitching than it is for baseball overhand throwing. Um, so you're able to throw a couple more pitches throughout the game and throughout the week and all of that. But I still think that maybe I had overdone it a little bit um, or or I just wasn't taking care of it as, as much as I should have. So unfortunately, that was definitely getting um, becoming a lot more painful during my senior year of playing. I, I felt it a lot more. I had to go visit the doctor's offices and go to physical therapy for a little bit. Um, and that's how I found out I had I had to do like certain stretches before every game and before before throwing or anything and I then I would like finish the game and have to rush back home to ice my arm and all of that stuff um so it was definitely definitely taxing definitely felt the pain on that but I wanted to keep playing um and unfortunately after my senior year you know I kind of decided that it it just wasn't gonna happen with this injury anymore um I did I did kind of keep playing recreationally for a little while but uh, I definitely still feel that pain every time that I throw hard or I, or I do pitch um, or even playing volleyball. Like I still play recreational volleyball now and, you know, I really have to warm up. I really have to stretch. And I even just feeling it like in my serves or in my hits, I, I feel that shoulder not just popping a little bit, but it, the pain does kind of linger on for a little bit. So unfortunately, that's just kind of something that I'll have to keep living with um, and definitely something that impacted me being you know, as athletic as I used to be, but it's part of life, unfortunately. <laughs> and I've, yeah. I've kind of come to terms with it now. Yeah. You still did get to play for a long time. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, um, I'm sorry to hear that. And um, at least you, you, you know, you can warm up slowly and play a little bit here and there. Um, you know, um, that's at least good. You can kind of, you know, get through it and do something else yeah that's true at least I'm still able to participate when I want to (laughs) yeah yeah it's just too bad like you couldn't make it to the next level which unfortunately happens to a lot of people yeah yeah because I did have originally thoughts of continuing and playing in college and hopes of doing that but I think the combination of of seeing how difficult it would have been to be a student athlete in college 
along with the injury, it was, I think I just came to the conclusion that, you know, that time was kind of done and it was time to move on to something else. Yeah. Cause if it was already hurting and when you go to college, you, you step up that amount of work you have on the shoulder and who knows it could have gotten worse. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's your, it's your body got to take care of it. So you did the right thing. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. So, um, moving on to, um, you, your bilingual, um, background. So you mentioned to me that you are inspired to give back to your community from being from a Hispanic neighborhood. So how do you like to incorporate your bilingual skills in your psychology work? Yeah. Um, so being bilingual, I, I guess growing up, I didn't realize how much importance that can have and how much, um, opportunity that would give me moving forward and now I'm so grateful and thankful that you know my parents raised me to be bilingual I speak fluent Spanish I write it I read it um and I think moving forward with my psychology degree and in the work I do it's awesome to be able to give back um to my community and being able to reach them at a level that they're at in a language that they're comfortable with for especially you know for in the uh, Hispanic community, there's always kind of like this negative stigma of mental health and, you know, thinking that that means you're crazy or, or thinking that, you know, other people are going to find out about it and, and they're going to think wrong things about you or, or something like that along those lines. And when it's not, that's not really what it is. And I'm, I'm also grateful that, you know, having this background and having this knowledge, I'm able to not only provide those services in, in a language that's comfortable to most people, but I'm also able to kind of give that psychoeducation and, and you know, let people know like what, what the field of counseling or, or you know, sports psychology and, um, and how important it is moving forward now. And um, I, think, I think it's really hard sometimes for people to kind of accept that when they don't see people of their color or of their background in those positions. And so I'm glad to be able to kind of represent that and, and to show people that, you know, this is, this is something normal. This is something that's good for you. It's good for everybody. And, you know, therapy, therapy isn't just for, you know, like I said, people who are quote unquote crazy or that something's wrong with them. It's, it's just a way to process thoughts and to talk about emotions. Um, Cause that's another thing I think that um, in our society, sometimes um talking about emotions is very like drawn out and it's it's not always recommended or or sometimes they're just encouraging people to kind of bottle up their feelings and that's also not the best way to go about things because then you know that that builds that leads to burnout that leads to a lot of other mental health problems and we're trying to avoid those things and trying to just you know be better people be better um and and make everybody around us be better people so yeah yeah, i'm really glad that i can give back yeah, that's great. You can be that resource for them. And do you are do you use your um your Spanish speaking in um in a lot of your work or um... Yeah. Yeah, I do actually. Um I have a few clients that I do uh, mental mental health counseling with um and our sessions are fully in Spanish. Um my my last internship was at a bilingual high school. Um, in Pilsen, Chicago. And so I was able to use a lot of that, not only with talking to the students, but also with talking with their parents, who, like I said, are just more comfortable speaking in that language. And then um, doing more of like my sport and human performance um, consulting, I, again, again, I'm able to work with more like Hispanic teams and and talk to people who are more comfortable in, in Spanish speaking settings and with that kind of stuff. 
a, a couple of weeks, uh, sorry, not weeks ago, a couple of years ago, I did a um, kind of like a little small internship, like an eight week internship with the Arizona Diamondbacks, um, an MLB team. And, and they were talking about, you know, the amount of Hispanics um, athletes that they get to coming into the MLB who are not fully comfortable speaking English, are more comfortable speaking Spanish, and we're able to provide these mental health providers for them, but then they don't speak the language and that kind of becomes a barrier for them. So, you know, hopefully yeah. one day that would be like the ideal dream of being able to provide for, um, you know, not just MLB teams, but other athletes who come in from other countries and are, are more yeah. comfortable in other languages. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because I I know a lot of people from other countries and like the um, I I went to school with quite a few people who they just jumped right into going to school in America and, and they had they had to learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that like um, it might have been like a really good resource for them to have someone like you to talk to in their native language. Um, and yeah, baseball is huge in um, like the Dominican Republic, I think. Mm -hmm. and, and Puerto um, Rico, Cuba. Puerto Rico, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Spanish speaking countries. So mm -hmm. that's really cool what you do. Thank you. Thank you. So what made you decide to get your two master's degrees then? Um, I think a little bit of what, what we talked about already, like kind of trying to eliminate that stigma in the mental health, of mental health and, you know, being able to give back to my community and, and provide and, and be able to be kind of not, I wouldn't say role model, but be able to kind of represent, um, you know, a, a female, which, you know, there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> things that are run by men in the world and I'm I'm happy to be able to represent women all over the world and also Hispanic women um I I come from a very like Hispanic based community on the south southeast side of Chicago and um I, I think with everything that we do and all of the things that you know we do have a lot of athletes in the area we do have a lot of things that we um try to incorporate but I feel like the resources are not always there, you know, they're very limited compared to other other parts of Chicago or, or suburbs that are surrounding us. Um, and so being able to provide this, you know, mental health resource and performance consulting resource is just something else that we're able to give back. And and um, yeah, just I'm just happy to be able, like I said, to to go through that. So I, I found the program at Adler that, you know, killed two birds with one stone where I was able to get my counseling degree and my sport and human performance degree and kind of combining those where, you know, I, like I said, giving back in, in, in terms of mental health, but also being able to um, kind of combine that with sports and athletes and especially knowing what I know and as an athlete growing up. And like I said, I was so close to a lot of my teammates and seeing some of the struggles that come with being an athlete. Sometimes I don't think people realize how much, how much work goes into that sometimes and, and how much stress that can bring on and also emotional instability and, and just a lot of different things, different areas, you know, with injuries or, or even, um, you know, I know your, your um, website is focused a lot on coming out of being an athlete and what that identity kind of looks like afterwards. And, and that's something huge too, is just like, you know, we, like I said, I started when I was five. And by the time I was 18, being an athlete was something that I've always kind of identified with. And then coming out of that, it was kind of just like, well, well now what do I do? <laughs> exactly. Because every athlete, um, it, it,
every single athlete, no matter what, mm-hmm. no matter if you finished in middle school or if you finish like Tom Brady, like he's going to have mm-hmm. to end. Um, yeah, that's true. That, that really leads into my next question of how, how you use your background in sports with your psychology work. Yeah. So, so like I said, you know, as from my experience, um, I know, I know I talked about the good things about sports, but there was also definitely some down times of, um, you know, in high school, just having to manage of being at school by 8am and then having to go to practice afterwards and coming home and showering, eating, doing my homework, then going to sleep and doing the same thing over for four days in a row. Saturday mornings would be game days too. So it's not like I had a lot of, um, free time. Um, I think I would, I also had a couple friends who weren't as, you know, athletic as I was and were into other things. And they were always just like, oh, Crystal, you always have a game or practice or something going on. Um, and I was like, well, yeah, you know, it's important to me. It's fun to me. Um, but it also did come with, you know, some, some moments of FOMO, some moments of stress some moments of burnout. Um, I think I, I mentioned that I did have a lot of good coaches, but I also I also had my experience of some not so helpful coaching and um, being able to just, you know, validate some of those athletes feelings now and, and seeing where they're at and and knowing that sometimes they just need to vent and talk about these things and and really understand that, like, you know, at the the ath- athlete in them is just one part of their identity. Um, and there's so many other things that they good qualities that they bring and, and good things that they're able to do aside from being an athlete and, and helping them kind of realize those things is also important. Yeah. Cause you've been there. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like you can, you can empathize with them since you've been there? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and like I said, not just from my experience, from like my teammates experiences or, or other people's stories that they've told me as well. It's just, it's, a, it's crazy to think of how many athletes there actually are out there but we don't know about all of them because they're not all on TV, you know, during the basketball games or or football games or whatever else is going on. There's just so many athletes that just don't make it that far to where their name is known and and stuff like that. But, you know, they're still athletes. They still understand everything that you're going through and all the hard work that it takes to get there. Exactly. So what is it like working with the athletes now? Oh, I love it. That's, that's like one of my favorite things is, is finding athletes that are, that are really interested and and willing to talk and open up and, you know, like, like them seeing that I understand what they're going through. I, it's amazing to see how like, they love it. (laughs) You know, they love talking to me. They love talking to the other consultants and and having that support there. And, and just having like, it's awesome when we also have like the full coaches support, and in, in letting them know that, you know, we're here on the sidelines if an athlete ever just needs a moment to take a break or if they just need someone to talk to. Um, I've, I've worked with a, a few soccer teams now, a, a volleyball team, some baseball teams. So I've had a little bit of some experience in different areas. But all in all, I, I think the kids are always excited to see us. They're always, you know, happy to have that resource there. And and again, it's the first time we're there, it's almost like we're we're introducing ourselves as something that they've never even heard about because those resources haven't been there before for them. So it's awesome to be able to to give them that now. That I would have loved to have that when I was younger. Yes, for sure. That is mm-hmm. really awesome what you're doing. And um, I've mentioned this in the, uh, a couple of our other podcasts with people in your cohort. Um but like Adler is one, either the only one or one of the only ones to offer those two um, master's degrees to take at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so you've mentioned a little bit, um, but what was 
the transition out of playing sports going into school without sports like for you and like what what did you do in your new free time like what was what was um that transition like for you yeah yeah that that transition was definitely difficult um like I said, I, I ended up finishing up in high school, but I, I wasn't for sure that I was actually going to be done there. Um, I had I was going to go to UIC and I knew that and I had a couple of options of other schools where I could have potentially played on the softball teams for college. But I, I knew that I wanted to stay in Chicago. I knew that I wanted to go to UIC um, and I was fortunate to actually have a, uh, a walk on tryout at UIC. Um, unfortunately, I did. I did not get picked and I and I didn't make the team. Um, so kind of like that summer going into college, I still had kind of like 50, 50 chance or like thoughts and hopes of being still able to play softball. And then that didn't end up happening. And I, I started college and suddenly I had all of this free time. Cause I mean, not only am I transferring from out of high school into college, but I also no longer have practices or, you know, weight room days or game days or anything like that. So it was, it was kind of a shock <laughs> of how much yeah. time I had available and, and trying to figure out how to, how to manage with that time. Um, and also just kind of feeling a, a little left out sometimes when I would see, you know, other, other teammates that were still playing or, or my old teammates who were still playing in high school um, and, and kind of being a little jealous of that sometimes. Um, but ultimately I think I made the right decision in that moment. And, and looking back on it now, I don't think that there was any way that I would have been able to finish school the way I did if I had been a student athlete, but definitely in the moment, it was, it was a tough transition. And, and like I said, it was just so long that I had been identif like identifying as an athlete myself that when I, when I didn't have that, you know, I, I still play softball or I still play volleyball thing anymore. It was just kind of like, well, well, what do I like to do now? Or what can I do now? Um, so it was, it was definitely a, a difficult transition. Yeah. And uh, that happened at the same time as like going to school freshman year is hard enough. And then um, adding that, that realization that like you're done with sports is super tough. And like, like you said, you sacrificed a lot of time and um, missed out on a lot of things. And um it's just it's never easy going out of the sport no matter when it happens and um it's just something that um is really tough and that's what that's what once an athlete is all about is how to handle that and what to do next and um it's really awesome what you're doing with giving back to the athletic community and your um, hispanic neighborhood with the bilingual services and what you're doing is really awesome you you are a boss lady for sure <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate that you're welcome do you have anything else to add um no i think you know i think this is an awesome program it's I'm sorry. Um, like I said, I think this is an awesome program. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're bringing up these conversations, because I think, again, not only like the mental health side of things, but also talking about these things and preparing athletes for those transitions is important. So they're not feeling as lost and, you know, isolated during those times. You know, there's all of us that, like I said, so many athletes out there who have made this transition and who have gone through a variety of different cases. It's It's nice to be able to have this support and to talk about these things and, and make more athletes aware of these resources. For sure. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. I'm looking forward to ways that you can be involved with um, the things that we're doing. So thank you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Spotify at Once an Athlete and Facebook at Once an Athlete Crew. If you missed the last podcast, our guest was cheerleader Danica Caruso. In that episode, we talk about how cheerleading in college was different than in high school and her podcast After the Athlete. Up next, we have Brian Billings as our guest. In that episode, we will be talking about his approach to coaching baseball at Pacific University, using a growth mindset, and giving his athletes the tools to be successful on and off the field. Become a supporter of Once an Athlete by making a donation at onceanathlete.com donate. So far, we have shared the stories of 33 current and former athletes, and we are currently piloting a new mentorship program coming soon.